Welcome to Profit First Nation, the official podcast for entrepreneurs who are operating their businesses in the zone of permanent profitability. I'm Mike Michalowicz, the author of Profit First, and now here's your Profit First Nation guide, Daniel Mulvey. Welcome to Profit First Nation, the podcast for the top 17% of entrepreneurs with cash in the bank to correlate to their profitability. Profit First Nation is the podcast for intelligent entrepreneurs who have taken ownership of their financials and leveraged Profit First as a cash management system to make their businesses permanently profitable. I am Danielle Mulvey, an expert at guiding entrepreneurs on owning their financials in as little as 11 minutes per day and doing Profit First right. If you are a fan of Profit First and its author, Mike Michalowicz, you have found your tribe. We are a nation of successful entrepreneurs driven to be permanently profitable with a grit and a growth mindset that lets no obstacle stand in our way in pursuit of the three Ps, passion, profit, and play. On Profit First Nation, we dive into advanced Profit First strategies, and we share the honest and authentic ups and downs of being a business owner. It is episode 95, and episode ending in five means we have our very, very special guest, Billy Ann Grigg, the Chief Profit Guide at Profit First Professional Headquarters. Welcome back, Billy Ann. Thanks, Danielle. It's good to be back. So what's been brewing in in the Profit First world that you are hearing a lot of buzz about? So last time I was on, we talked about Profit First in a new business or a small business. And this time I'd like to explore Profit First in a larger business because there's a misconception that the larger and more sophisticated the business, the less they need Profit First. And that is false, right? 100% false. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. In fact, I would say the larger the business, the more critical it is to have not only Profit First implemented, but to even have those different strategic accounts opened up in your business. So the bigger the business, let's say the the more uh, plates that you're having to serve from, particularly that operating expenses plate. When you have a business that has a large OPEX budget, and and let's say that you're at TAPS, and let's assume that you're at TAPS, but you're talking about a $5 million business, that can be hundreds of thousands of dollars on the OPEX plate you've basically created another large plate now that you're working from. So it's really, really critical at the point when you're having a large operating expense um, account that you're dealing with to subdivide that operating expenses based on the initiatives in your business. What are the things that you're focusing on? What are your key expenses and your key things that you need to make sure are covered that can accidentally get spent on other things? Yeah. So, I mean, definitely, I think if you have employees, you should have a payroll account. Yes. Um, And when you have a payroll account, you still allocate to owner's pay. And yes, you know, you're getting paid out of the payroll account. But what you do is you allocate to owner's pay, but then you do a secondary sweep of that owner's pay into the payroll account so that the cash required to cover your payroll is in that payroll account. You don't give up the owner's pay account when you have that payroll account. You just do a secondary sweep after that allocation so the cash is there for your payroll company to do that draft out of one account. Do you have any other ideas? I've got got a list of these because we've got (laughs) a lot of them in our businesses. 
Oh, I, I have a list too. I was just working with a client who needs to open more accounts. Um, a payroll account, absolutely top of the list. Advertising and marketing, 100%. Oh, yes. Yeah. I mean, as your business is growing, you're going to be investing more in these things. And and with that account, that gives you such good clarity and visibility on those dollars that you can now make sure that you can easily track what is your return on that investment? How much have you allocated to that account? And how much impact are you getting on that? When it is pulled out like that, it is very simple to see. And then you're also not overspending on it. I um, worked with someone uh, in doing their profit first assessment and no joke, well, number one, their operating expenses exceeded their revenue. So Ooh. that's a problem. Um, so now the number won't get so crazy when I share it with you. But their marketing was 98% of their revenue. And their operating expenses was like 125% of their revenue. So they were overspending more than they even had in the business, more than was coming in. But, um, you know, they had no idea what a significant percentage of their operating expense pie was going to marketing. And was it having a significant impact? Absolutely not. If it's not even generating enough sales to cover, you know, your operating expenses. So uh, they literally just cut that out and, um, didn't really have a negative impact on their business now that they could see that even though they were spending that money, they were getting no significant return on that that spend. Exactly. Yeah. Advertising and marketing is one of those categories that it's really easy for a business to justify that they have to spend the money to make the money. And um, unless you have some way to track that, you can very easily overspend with no return to speak of or a very minimal return. Um, another area that's kind of similar from a different perspective is education, especially if you have a culture of improvement and education in your company, it can be so, so easy to overspend on education for yourself, the executive team, the staff, whatever it is, create an education account and allocate to that. So you will know when those big opportunities come along for, you know, a name brand event, um, whether or not that's something that you can support one of your team members going to. Yeah. And remember, all these categories that we're talking about are sub categories to the operating expense. So if your allocation percentage for operating expense is 35%, then, you know, if you want to allocate to and have an education account, then, you know, 33% is operating expense and maybe 2% goes towards education. You, you still have to, you know, make sure that your operating expense with all of these sub-accounts still totals what your true, like, just rolled up operating expense uh, percentage is um, where you are in terms of your rollout plan of your allocation percentage as you're working towards hitting the target allocation percentage. Exactly. Yeah. Some business owners will, um, or businesses will make the mistake of allocating based on real revenue or their top line. Um, whereas, you know, the flow, yes, it's an extra step, but you allocate profit first, then owner's comp, then tax, then OPEX. And then from OPEX, you allocate to your sub accounts as opposed to just off the top. You know, other things like equipment, strategic investment in the business, those sorts of things as well um, are ways to divide up that operating expense plate. 
Uh, another thing to keep in mind, you know, as your business grows, you're probably going to want to start doing some good out there in the world or in the community. So a charitable contributions or you know, contributions, whatever you want to call it, account to make sure that you are fulfilling that promise that you want to make to your community, that you're going to you know, donate X percent to charitable works or to you know, good, the betterment of the community. Uh, that's another account that you can open. One that we have in our business is our general liability insurance account. So Ooh, that a is a big bill. Um, you know, it's typically done on your on your total sales. Um, and we have a business that does tens of millions of dollars. And um, so we allocate to our general liability insurance so that when that premium comes due every year, we uh, have that money ready to go. And then, you know, sometimes too, we will have to adjust that allocation percentage a bit uh, if our sales are going up because, of course, we get, maybe I'm getting too deep in the woods, weeds, <laughs> but we have to we have to go through an audit every year with that. So if we forecasted, um, you know, our sales at X and they end up being um, X plus Y, uh, they'll come back and say, well, you need to pay us for this Y portion that you did last year and that you... Uh, did better than you had forecasted when you signed the the policy for the premium. Exactly. Yeah. And, and the really easy way, if you will, to determine, do I need another profit first account for this is um, look at your profit and loss or your income statement that is produced. Have your bookkeeper produce it, showing the percentage of the expense next to each line item. If you have something that's double digit expense, that would be a really good um, a really good place to open an account. So, you know, if you're looking at your P&L percentage of expenses and you're seeing things that are 40%, typically payroll, 40% in a lot of businesses, open an account for it. You know, even 15%, that's a good target to let's open a, a separate account for this. And then that way you can just get more and more clarity about where your money is going. And then, you know, also, too, you want additional accounts that aren't necessarily allocation accounts, but they're accounts that, uh, you know, you can store the money that needs to be stored. So sales tax is a really Mm -hmm. important account. That money's not yours. It doesn't get allocated anywhere. When sales tax comes in, it should be swept to your sales tax account. Um, Another one is 401k. So what happens Mm -hmm. with us is that um, we have multiple businesses and they're all under an umbrella 401k. So the cash allocated, you know, for the 401k obligations is part of payroll. So it gets allocated and it's in that payroll money, but then we sweep the portion that is for the 401k to a separate 401k account and then um, that 401k account um, pushes the money into uh, the, I guess, the record keeper um, for the 401k. Um, but then we're able to transfer from the other businesses, um, you know, into that 401k account because you can only sweep from one. Again, I get too deep, but we're talking big businesses here. So um, the devil's exactly. in the details here. Oh, 100%. 100%. Inventory. I mean, that's another one that pops to mind. You know, if you have inventory, you have to have an inventory account. You just have to. But so here's the tripping point for a lot of these larger businesses. They're like, okay, I'm a big business. I'm sophisticated. I can manage this on spreadsheets or I can manage this right inside my accounting software. Um, No, you actually do need the bank accounts. And here is why. 
what can happen is if you have a CFO or a controller or someone who doesn't really understand what you are doing as far as segmenting this money, they're going to look at your total assets. They're going to look at the total of all your bank accounts. So when you ask, do I have the funds available to do this initiative in my business? They're going to look at the total of all your accounts and say, you have more than enough money to do this because they're just looking at what is in the bookkeeping. So they're just looking at the balance sheet um, and saying, yeah, this is what's available. Or maybe they're looking at the budget or the cash flow uh, projection, whatever it is. If you actually have the bank accounts set up, though, they can look at that bank account balance and say, this is what it is. They don't have to take that mental step of saying, okay, so I'm looking at their total assets on their balance sheet and they have this amount, but I have to remember to segment this out and this out because I have this on a spreadsheet. Just make it easy for everyone and actually create those bank accounts. Exactly. And, uh, you know, I know too, I mean, we build our cushion in our payroll account. And in terms of when we're going to hire a new employee, um, you know, we're, we're kind of treating it and trying to, you know, build up three months of the future employee's salary before we make that that trigger to to make that higher so that, you know, again, we're keeping in line. We're not increasing our payroll percentage to accommodate for a new employee. It's the the income in the business is going up. We're keeping that percentage the same, but since the income is going up, then that creates the the, the additional dollars in the payroll account. And then once we have a good three months of what the, a new employee would be costing us, that's when we pull the trigger. We don't make an adjustment to accommodate it. We The business demand is there because the income has gone up. That means business has gone up, but that percentage has stayed the same. Exactly. And I actually even like to to sweep that into a new hire account. So I'm not looking at my payroll thinking, huh, what's what's going on here? Um, I mean, that's a matter of preference. I will go overboard on accounts. <laughs> Maybe not overboard, but I will definitely open an account whenever I can see that there's a, a way to create clarity. And it's so simple to open up an account. I mean, it it's, is. you know, if once you've opened up the initial accounts, I mean, it's literally an email to your bank saying, hey, I'd like to open up these additional accounts and then them sending you um, a form to sign and make that happen. And then obviously you go from there, magically that account now appears in your online banking and you are good to go. And the, the best part is, is that typically banks spiff or provide commissions or bonuses to their... Um, staff when they open up new accounts for existing customers, because that's making your relationship with the bank stickier and such. So it is not a burden for the bank when you say, hey, this week, I'd like to open up a payroll account. And a month later, you're like, yeah, um, now I'd also like to open up an account that I'm going to label marketing. Um, it delights your banker. So don't, don't be embarrassed. Don't be concerned. Like, open those accounts. Exactly. That's a great point that, and it's one that's often overlooked. New accounts reps or your banker really, really likes it when you come in and um, open up a new account because it does. It means that their paycheck just went up and the bank likes it because it does strengthen your relationship with the bank. Plus, you know, reciprocity, you're going to get preferential treatment from the bank as well because now you're an established customer with a really strong relationship with the bank. 
You know, the the last kind of thing I want to share on this, um, at Profit First Professionals, we have a monthly member call. And one of our members owns another business. Um, and they said something really, really impactful. He has a, a large business, multi-million dollar business. And he was talking about the number of accounts that he has. And he said that he's had accountants and bookkeepers tell him that he doesn't need that many bank accounts. And his response to them is that they might not need that many accounts, but he does because he's running a sophisticated and large business and he needs to be able to see what his uh, money situation is in order to make good decisions. So if you happen to have a larger business and you get resistance from your CFO or your controller or even your bookkeeper and they're trying to tell you you don't need that many bank accounts, there's your response. You might not as my CFO, controller, bookkeeper, whatever, but I do. This is what I need to run my business effectively. And, you know, I mean, those additional accounts, I mean, a lot of times you're just, those new accounts that you're adding, you're just allocating to, like in the case of our GL insurance, I mean, we're just allocating it to every month. We're not taking money out every month of that account. So we're just doing credits. We have no debits. I mean, it should take like 90 seconds, if that, to reconcile these additional accounts. So it it's really not much of an additional tremendous burden because you'd have the same number of transactions you're reconciling whether you have one account or you have them divided up amongst six, seven, eight, nine, ten, twelve, whatever number of accounts that you have. Exactly. And I would go so far as to say it makes reconciliation easier to have the various accounts, you know, just make sure that make sure that whoever is managing the expenses knows that even if they have checks for that account, they're not to pay anything out of that account. It is just a holding account. That is where the money goes to live until you're ready to pay for whatever that expense is. And then it gets swept into the appropriate account, payroll or operating expense or whatever that happens to be. Well, that is a wrap on this episode, Billy Ann. Thank you so much for joining us. Now, remember, if you would like to work with a profit first professional accountant, bookkeeper, or coach who has the heart of the teacher and who will gladly support you in opening as many accounts as you need, then please visit profitfirstnation.com and click on contact where you can connect with a certified profit first professional. And as always, we will have or we do have visual recaps for this episode and all of our episodes, and you can access those at ProfitFirstNation.com. Click on resources. Remember, Billy Ann joins us on episodes ending in five, where we go a little bit deeper and talk um, about, you know, advanced Profit First and, and, and questions and the buzz that's coming in from the community. So check out episodes ending in five to get more of Billy Ann and cheers to another profitable day, my entrepreneurial friends. Profit First Nation website, related podcasts and resources are provided for general information purposes only and do not constitute accounting, legal, tax, or other professional advice. Visitors should not act upon the content or information found here without first seeking appropriate advice from an accountant, financial planner, lawyer, or other professional. 